0: Welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and we've been on, on hiatus for quite some time. Been busy here behind the scenes getting stuff ready for something that's coming that's exciting. Um, but uh, neither here nor there, we are joined by our co-host here. We're joined by the one, the only Benjamin Bornstein. And we're going to be joined by Wesley Perkins. And we're going to be joined by the one and only Jonas Clark. And yes, gentlemen, welcome back. It's good to be back and be talking Spurs basketball. So I got to ask you guys, in our hiatus, what have you all been up to? We'll start with you, Ben.
1: There have been a lot of hours of Animal Crossing.
0: Oh, Lord, man. Don't tell me Uh, you got started on that, man. I can't stand that because of the kids. They play it all the time, and all I hear is...
1: The
0: way they talk on there.
1: You got to play with the volume down, for sure.
0: Dude, that's so annoying.
1: The noises are a bit much, but... Y- your boys caught all the fish for so far. You didn't catch that big fish, so did
0: you? That huge one?
1: Which one? The great white shark?
0: There's several in there. The kid showed me one. It looked like something that dwells yeah. at the bottom of the
1: ocean and the deep. Oh yeah, there are a couple, there are a couple ugly dudes in there for yeah. sure. Uh a lot of that. I've been I've been writing uh, prospect watches though, so I've been keeping busy. And uh about to write another G leaguer this week. I'm gonna gonna help my boy Clark Jonas out. Yeah, sir. I think he's wearing uh, a shirt week, that says, I, I
0: vote for Jonas.
1: <laughs> I hope so. I vote for
0: tacos. Oh, it says, I vote that's for the, tacos. That's the
1: right. That's who we all should be voting for, tacos. They're more competent than what we've got right now. Yeah. Um, but that's obviously something for another time. Um, but yeah, I've just been keeping busy writing prospects, doing that. Uh, you know, it's just trying to stay busy, man. Idle idle hands are not good. There's some sort of better saying, but that's a, that's the one I know.
0: Yeah, speaking of idle hands, we got Bob the Builder, a.k.a. Wesley Perkins. So we're here building decks in the backyard. And once again, he's got the Perkins curse, and he doesn't get enough boards. So guess what, man? He has to go back to Home Depot, and he has an SUV. So he's Spoodle now, man. He's putting those deck boards in the, in the the through the sunroof, man, and driving home with those things sticking out. Oh,
1: <laughs> That's good. Hey,
2: what, hey, what can I say? I mean – I'm just too damn proud to uh, to have a, a company come for like five or six boards and deliver them to the house. So I put my 16 foot boards through the sunroof. I'm not even gonna lie, and uh, I got some pretty ugly looks when I did it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Worth no, it. I've it's that's kind of been my world. I've built a 20 by 12 deck, and uh, in fact, downstairs I've got furniture that I'm putting together, and I've got a new grill. Uh, I have all of y'all out soon, and need to have some some fun with that, but. Uh, it's, uh, you know, like Ben said, you got, you got to keep busy and uh, clean my garage so my grovelly voice. You might hear the sinuses kind of uh, every once in a while, but um, yeah, it's just been one of those things. been traveling with the kids a little bit to state parks and trying to stay away from people and, um, you know, just trying to do things that we can while we can. And, um, yeah, just trying to stay busy as much as we can and, and still trying to figure out what, what things are going to look like once we get to resume, you know, normal, uh, the new normal life when that happens.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to hanging out over there on your new deck and having a cold one, and you're firing up the grill and cooking, man. I want to know what that's like.
2: Hey, let me tell you this, because my kids think I'm cursed for my grilling. So I grilled fajitas um, about two weeks ago, and they were delicious. It was great. I just had finished the deck. It wasn't painted. Um, And so we finished eating 30 minutes later. We're in our laundry room with a ef1 tornado come in over wow. our house and, and oh, that's so, it yeah so the kids are all like uh we're never having chicken fajitas again daddy that's uh that's cursed <laughs> right there i'm like uh okay maybe it's just my luck it the, might be more the that.
0: perkins curse strikes again wesley yep <laughs> you, you this time it. this time you got the full brunt of it you you summoned a, a damn tornado man
2: <laughs> and hey I'm, since i'm way off topic I went tubing yesterday and on the frio, some kid was skipping rocks and he hit me in the temple with a rock square <laughs> on. I got a big old bruise. It's lucky we don't have video on because I got a big old bruise right on my temple. I'm lucky not to be dead. So and I would have shaken that kid's dead. hand.
0: I would have said, Nice shot, kid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I threw it. I threw it back. No, I'm kidding. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. But did
0: you die? That's the thing. But did you die?
2: <laughs> uh, no, just maybe like a five minute memory lapse or something. Oh, you know, but uh, it's all good.
0: Tis what it was, but a flesh wound. You know, you <laughs> the Lord blessed you with two eyes, so you would have lost one. You had another as a backup.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> and Jonas, what have you been up to, man? Now that we're under this quarantine and it's kind of getting lifted a little bit.
3: No, just trying to stay sane, man. Um, you know, what we're like 3 months pretty solid deep into this thing. Um writing a couple stories for Project Spurs on the G League action. Um so you can check that all out up there. and obviously with stuff slowing down, uh brought that weekly instead of doing weekly stories, I'm back to one every other or so and uh actually Joe, you know this, man. Uh went out and saw the 2005 Game 7. A championship game Ooh, I was there at the AT&T Center um, that was pretty, go, Spurs, pretty go. awesome go, Spurs, go. Um, and so yeah man just you know we're starting to get back to a little bit of normal um, lots going on in the world today so it's kind of cool to be able to sit home um, and be able to embrace all that um, uh, have the conversations that need to be had um, and and sports is picking back up so um, Pretty. It looks like it's finally starting to get into some positivity, I guess. You know, in twenty twenty.
0: Yep. So that's what we've been up to. Me, I've just been here, busy working on a few projects here that we'll we'll hear about in the next coming weeks and so. Um, but I I did get a new microphone, so I I hope I sound better, you know, than I did before. So we'll 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 see when you all take a listen. You all let me know if I sound better or, or I sound the same or I sound worse. So eh. I'm excited just to try this thing out. But anyway, moving forward now with some sports talk, we are going to talk about San Antonio Spurs basketball, Uh, namely the story that dropped today and took everyone by surprise and one LaMarcus Aldridge having rotator cuff surgery, and he will be out for the remainder of the season. The Spurs have eight games coming up. Uh, Spurs fans were thinking that, hey, here we come playoffs, but LaMarcus said not so fast. But the weird thing is that the Spurs knew he had this surgery way back since April, and they didn't say anything until, re- until what, today? Uh, they finally came out and let everybody know. So what does this mean for us? We'll start with you, Ben. I mean, what
1: does this mean for the Spurs? One, it means that organization has zero leaks and is toit. All right, Age, Adrian Wojnarowski is not getting in there, son. All right, because if they can keep that from him for over a month, then th- th- I don't know what's going on. They got blood packs. I don't know what it is. They got some, and it's fantastic. So one, no leaks from the Spurs. Uh, two, I think it's going to give the Spurs an opportunity to really see what they have in Pirtle and see what they have in Trey Lyles. And they they because they have to make a decision on Pirtle this summer. He's going to be a restricted free agent. They basically have to decide. Is he going to be worth it to match a contract if somebody offers him a lot of money? And I think Trey Lyles is safe. I think he has one more year with the Spurs on his contract. So he's, that's not really something you have to worry about, but maybe something to consider for next year. And I, I think it's going to take a lot for the Spurs to get into the playoffs. Even if they get to the ninth spot and they're within four games and they get that play in opportunity, and that's, that's so many, so many things have to happen the right way. And, we were we were having this conversation offline, off air before we started, and and Jonas made some really good points that you know you don't have Lamarcus Aldridge who's your biggest player, and you're going against some of the bigger players in this league like Nikola Jokic, uh, Joel Embiid, and a few other guys, and you're going to have to toss out someone in there that mm-hmm. is that probably isn't going to guard them as well as Aldridge might and now you've also lost the offense that Aldridge brings you. So there's a lot that the Spurs are going to have to see, and I've seen a lot of calls for Simonic to get some time, be brought up and play, and I'm not sure that's the right move with eight games left in the season, especially if the Spurs are going to try and really push and try and get that playoff spot. I don't think it's a good situation for him. So I'm curious to see what the Spurs do. I hope they don't bring him up for that reason. Maybe... Bring him up on the bench because they can, they have roster space, and just kind of let him watch and you know point things out and say, hey, learning opportunity, and hopefully he takes it in stride. So that's kind of my hope and uh, what I what I think about what the Spurs might do once July thirty first hits.
0: Yeah, it's just a shame, you know, that we lose Lamarcus right right when we could use him, you know, the most, especially going into this shortened season with eight games and the Spurs trying to keep their playoff so hopes alive. I mean, things always happen. Injuries are part of the game, but you just hate to see it happen at this juncture where it looked like the team was starting to finally gain some headway and they had beaten uh, the Dallas Mavericks in their last game. And they looked like they had some momentum going forward. But unfortunately, everything came to an abrupt end. Now it picks up again. Now he's injured. He's out for the season. Oh, man, this was not good news if you're a true Spurs fan. And I know, Wesley Perkins, you are a true Spurs fan. I mean, how, how did you take the news?
2: Shocked. Uh, you know, ironic that um, I was talking to Jeff Garcia on Locked On Spurs and we were coming up with a show for Monday and, and all this happened. And it's kind of like, well, that that kind of wasn't relevant anymore because of, you know, the news that came out today, because we, we were going through what the chances were for the team and, um, you know, game by game and, and how it looks. And of course, you know, you'd have to revisit that now with every single uh, game that they're going to play because of, of his value. Uh, agree with with what Ben's saying. I mean, obviously, you're losing losing your 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 tallest and most uh, gifted scorer down in the paint. Um, you know, obviously, a capable defender and uh, re and a rebounder, somebody who's a good presence. Uh, you know, I don't know. I I, I tend to think this. I, I'm a little bit more optimistic about things just because of what this really is. There are eight games left. Nobody's in playing shape. Nobody's in game shape. And you have on the Spurs still, even with LaMarcus out, you have very valuable veteran leaders, people that have been to the playoffs on a number of occasions uh, and know and understand what it's going to take to get there. The question is really going to become, it's not whether or not they can catch up and get an equal record to what Memphis has, but as Ben alluded to, getting within four games and getting a chance to get into that play-in position I, you know, is it logical? Is it is it you know something that you know I'm not skeptical about? No, I think we all are in terms of their their positioning uh, and trying to get to the playoffs and and even getting into that play play in opportunity. Uh, but I will say this: I, I think that if there's ever a time that they could overcome it, this would be it. With eight games to go, three games, the first three games are going to tell you everything you need to know from everybody, for that matter, but the Grizzlies especially. And what's going to happen, you know, the first three games for everybody is going to help kind of paint a picture of what things will look like, uh, as we get closer to the time when that, when that eighth seed is decided. Uh, I just think this, you know, it's things are what they are, you know, injuries happen. They're a part of sports and correct you are about keeping, keeping tight lip. Man, my goodness. If they knew this since April and he'd already had this done, I mean, is that got to be the first sports franchise professionally? To know something about that with the star player and it not leak out, I, I can't think of another situation where that's even become close. Uh, finally, I'll say this. I kind of hope, you know, going to what they might do, I, I think that, you know, they had a good thing going with Keldon Johnson. And, yes, I know he's not a big. I know that's not replacing a big. But they had a good thing going with him when when Jakob and, and obviously Lamarcus were out with extended time. Uh, I think you just got to ride the wave with the, the, you know, Lyles and with uh, with Pirtle and um, maybe you bring up a Metu. Uh, but I, I really like the idea of, of either Metu or, or Keldon coming up and, and, you know, getting some playing time. This would be a good time for them uh, and kind of an audition for everybody at this point for the team going forward. Who's going to bring it? Uh, who can they rely upon and who needs to get the boot when it's all said and done?
0: Yeah. So we'll go ahead and get Jonas's take now. Jonas, I'm sure you were shocked when you heard the news. And the first thing that popped into your head is, yeah, now we're going to see plenty of Yaka Portal. So give us your take, man. What were you feeling?
3: Well, you all know I love my man, Block of Portal, more than the next guy. Uh, guaranteed more than the next guy. That's not even a question. Um, and, and it's going to be great to have him back. But don't forget, you know, right before and even up to the point that this season went on pause, he was out with an MCL sprain. Right. So I imagine to this point, he's been rehabbing that, but he's not, and he should be coming back a hundred percent, but we don't know. We know, we don't know that he will. Um, If there's anybody to really be happy today, um, it's Chemezi Metu, right? This guy, uh, look at his contract situation. And um, as of August 1st, he was going to be due 500k guaranteed on his contract for this next year um, if he wasn't waived before then. So August 1st gets him a $500,000 half a mil payday. Um, and then October 15th, which could see the Spurs still playing, is the day that his contract for next year becomes fully guaranteed. So now he's in a position of need for this franchise, and that sounds like security. Now, we don't know how um, – how this whole coronavirus quarantine pause on the season is going to affect um, the players' contract situations, if these deadlines are going to maybe be moved to some point in November or December as the start of the season gets changed. And obviously that's going to affect the free agency period and, and, and on down the line. So there's a lot of question marks there. But if these dates stand, then Metu might as well go ahead and collect on that uh, $1.6 million um, that he'll be guaranteed for next year. Um, looking at the situation, I mean, guys, yeah, this opens up a spot on the roster. Lawson um, talk about maybe calling up Luka Shamanic, who we can get into this in a bit, but he's not ready. That's my stance, and I'm going to stick to it. Um, but there's, beyond the Jakob Pertl question, Ben, there and this potential Chimezie Metu question here that I'm raising. You also have to look at the Drew Eubanks question, right? He's another guy whose contract is up at the end of this season. So and and he was on a roll. He was with the franchise filling in uh, while Chimezie Metu was destroying it in the G League back in February and early March before we uh, put a pause on this season. Drew Eubanks was putting in some solid minutes, um, really contributing. Uh, and, and you like to see that kind of stuff, a lot of fight for a guy who's trying to earn a spot moving forward. Uh, you know, he was undrafted, earned a, a two-year, two-way contract, and he's been nothing but, like the, but a model um, student of the game since then. He's come in, he's done the right things, and he's really earned his opportunities. So the big man position, while Trey Lyles might be locked up through next year, and LaMarcus Aldridge... Uh, you know he's going into the last year of his deal. We've got a lot of other question marks to fill in, and it's an undersized roster. You know, like you said, Ben, we were talking before. Jakob Pertle is the biggest guy on the roster, at seven one, and then it's a dip down to Lamarcus at six eleven, and then you just got a bunch of six nine guys. Uh, Rudy Gay, Trey Lyles, uh, Chemezi Metu comes in at six foot nine. Drew Eubanks comes in at six foot nine. And, you know, Joel Embiid is is in this final stretch of the, of the season. Rudy Gobert, like you said, the Joker is in there. And then one Zion Williamson mm-hmm. in, with New Orleans. So we're going to have – there's going to be a lot of bang. And then you look further at it, you know, even take away the defensive side of LaMarcus or his offense. The free throw shooting, guys, he's a consistent free throw shooter, which as much as I love my guy, the block lobster – he, he's sub
2: 50 percent from that
1: line that's great. And, and hey, let's gets,
2: be real Jonas come on Lamarcus is a good free throw shooter until about the last four minutes of any game and then man. let's be real block and is just as good at the end of games.
3: Well I would still rather put Lamarcus Aldridge on the line for a game than I would before I before I'd put jaka Purtle out there he he just he can't get that done. Um, that's that we saw a couple times this last year, where they went to the hackish, where opponents went to hackashack mentality and put him at the line, uh, purposefully, which is why Pop turned to the small ball lineups a lot in the final two three minutes of games. And you saw Rudy Gay starting at center um, in those rotations in a four guard lineup. So there's a lot to look at here. I don't want to say, you know, I, I mean, yes, I was happy for my my man Jakob. Um, I'm really happy for a lot of these G League guys that I watch, you know, um, when I focus on Austin specifically for Project Spurs. But I'm not very optimistic. As we look at the stretch of the opponents, um, everybody coming back healthy and well-rested. It's what what seemed like a a slim possibility. Uh, Looks like it just went on Atkins, y'all.
0: Yeah. So moving forward here, the Spurs – do have the opportunity, as we stated, uh, to sign someone to a to you know, to they can convert a two-way contract. And it could either be Weatherspoon, it could be Eubanks, which let's go ahead and get back to Eubanks. Eubanks was voted the worst or the numbers, should I say by the numbers, he is the worst player in NBA two K. <laughs> worst player. But well, in real so life, in real life, he is a great teammate to have on the bench because I love seeing his reactions when somebody has a spectacular dunk or somebody does uh, has a great play. You know, especially the younger rookies. Uh, Drew Eubanks is on there on the sidelines, just getting the bench riled up, going crazy. He, so you can tell he's a great teammate. Somebody that, that the the players love to have in the locker room.
1: So I, I have a couple of things. One one thing I want to uh, clear up, uh, Jonas. The the season if it runs as long as it possibly can it would run to October 12th
3: Okay last so the the
1: potential game 7 is October 12th
3: So we just I, don't I don't, have that option on another million dollars to
1: save Right I'm just I'm just saying like the okay. even if it goes full Spurs technically wouldn't be playing I just wanted that's that's my like journalism fact error machine at work appreciate it Um but the, having said that, it, I only remember that because everybody was making a big deal. Oh, it's going to compete with a Monday night football game. Oh no, how's it going to do? So Browns going to be playing Monday night that.
0: football.
3: We are, but I was also I was also that guy in Ben's timeline on Twitter timeline <laughs> saying, "How is this going to match up against the NFL?"
2: Exactly. Um, yeah,
3: th- that, that was definitely me. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the whole situation. As far as Spurs contracts, they found themselves in a a pretty messy one right now Um, moving forward. We know we've had some situations of really bad contracts recently, but just the timing right now um, of everybody's coming up at the same time, uh, including, as you alluded to there, Wesley Perkins, our other two-way contract, Mr. Quindary Weatherspoon. Um, He's... Coming up for free agency after this year because he was only a one year, two way contract. So there's a lot of question marks to fill, which almost makes you say, with Lamarcus down, what are our real chances? Um, you have to kind of question to what level DeMar DeRozan might play at um, because if there's no, if he doesn't see a chance or light at the end of this tunnel and he's walking into a player option as soon as we reach the offseason how much is he going to give it and the Spurs can also say we've got a lot of guys that have question marks around them and that we have, have to make investments on for our future they can call them all up and, you know two-way contract isn't a thing where you only have to you know you can only bring up one at a time they can bring up Quindary, Andrew Eubanks right now and really get a test on it Chimezi Metu is on a is on a full NBA contract even Luka Shamanić uh, is on a full NBA contract. And Ben, I'm there with you. You know, I, I say you bring him up regardless just for the fact of practicing day in and day out with the Spurs, especially in a in essentially a playoff atmosphere because this is a play in to continue your season.
0: Yeah, you have to be four games within the eighth seed if you're the ninth seed. Then you have to go into like a miniature kind of style tourney where if the ninth beats the eighth, You have to, they have to lose. The 8th seed has to lose twice. The 8th beats the ninth. they're done. The ninth seed only has to lose one time. So the Spurs, technically, the numbers aren't in their favor. Uh, Paul Garcia, I'm going to borrow some numbers from Paul Garcia, and I'm going to come back to Wesley for his rebuttal on this. He gave a great scenario because he crunched the numbers. Paul, you know, one of the great guys is over there at Project Spurs, a great statistician as well. He says the Spurs have to go eight and no, Grizzlies have to go three or five or worse. Blazers have to go seven and seven and one or worse. Pelicans have to go seven or one or worse. Kings go seven or one or worse. Suns—they're not even a factor at this point. If everybody, if all these scenarios play out, you know, even if the Spurs go seven and one, there's still a chance, but they need help from everybody else and from in front of them. Now, if the Spurs go six and two, they still need some help—a lot of help—from everybody else in front of them. So, the thing is, what if they wind up going five and three, Wesley? Let's see that scenario play out. Spurs go five and three. Grizzlies would need to go zero oh and eight. Blazers would need to go four and four or worse. Pelicans, four or four or worse. Kings, four and four or worse. The Suns would need to go six and two or worse. If the Spurs Finish that eight game game stretch, five and three. Pull me off the of the ledge, well, Wesley. It's not looking good, man.
2: Well, I, you know, I I just was on, uh, like I said, you know, with uh, Jeff the other day, and I I think both of us said they were going to go five and three, and and now with the Lamarcus out, I I don't see them going, you know, much better than that, or four and four, or three and five. I mean, uh, let's be real. I mean, I I just. It, this is cool. Let, let's, let's enjoy it for what it's going to be. NBA basketball coming back. Um, to some to some degree, I've questioned whether or not it's really worth it at this point in time to, to do this. Uh, I say just because, it is because
0: I missed watching NBA basketball.
2: Well, hey, from a fan perspective, I really do. I, I think it's great. And I also think it's important that something's got to open up. You know, it was the, it was actually Disney and the NBA that kind of closed first. And then everything else started to follow suit during that the COVID uh, outbreak. And I, I think it just is great if NBA is kind of the the first thing back that really gets up and going and shows, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of gone on their part, Joe, you, you know, that. And, uh, you know, just it's it's a way for other sports, you know, franchises and other sports leagues to, to see how things are run and, and whether or not they can do viable, you know, alternatives to what is needed. Uh, but. I can say this with with all clarity, there is nothing in a contract situation right now that I think is absolutely 100% for sure or is uh, not up for, for grabs at this point. I think these eight games and if they get a chance somehow, some way to be in the play in or playoffs, you know, everybody on this Spurs roster right now is really playing for their their contract lives. You know, this is an opportunity for even the veterans to showcase what they're going to do, we don't know what's going to happen with Demar. is Demar going to go on and play, uh, you know, in the future for another team for a contender? He very well might. You know, is he going to opt in and make a good good amount of money with the Spurs? He might. But the fact is, is that you know Jonas is right. They have so many decisions to make, and they're going to all be made at the same time. Um, and, you know, just on the horizon again, you got Lonnie Walker coming up and, and ending his rookie deal soon enough, too. And um, that's coming at the end of next year, I believe. And so you've got a whole bunch of, of guys, which it would be awesome to keep every single one of them. But at some point, this goes back to that idea of rebuild or retool. At some point, what you either have Chris to. Chris Dool
0: says? Let's just reload. Yeah.
2: Well, that's the thing is it'd be great if to reload, but nobody wants to come to San Antonio at the moment. To, to make that happen or the the contract situations have been hamstrung so much that the money is not there to offer out in a, in a way to get the the free agency pieces that you need to have um i, I just think that uh, ultimately i hope in my heart of hearts they make a good decision i like metu i know the um austin you know you you know more about this jones than i do but the austin coaches were speaking very highly about metu and his leadership ability uh, and what he's providing for somebody like uh, Keldon Johnson, taking him under his wing and really working with him and and getting in, in his ear about you know being professional, and what it takes, and and just staying with him about mentoring and being a good leader. I just see these guys and Weatherspoon also another one who who got high praise about his defensive uh, abilities and his desire to try to put the time in on the defensive end of the floor. And, uh, you know we know that he's going to be a solid uh, player on the offensive end, but to me, this—that's what these eight games are all about—is do we see a Spurs lineup that has the same, you know, guys that couldn't win more than three, three games a night um, during the regular season, or, or are we going to see this be kind of more of an open gym where we see some younger guys get a chance uh, to come in and, and see what they can really do uh, when the pressure is on? Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I think that ultimately, uh, I know we'll probably make some predictions in a little bit, but I don't see them winning more than five.
0: Yeah, we're going to make our predictions. You made yours. Now we're going to go ahead and get Ben's because I already know what Jonas is going to say. Uh, ben, let's get your take. Do you think the Spurs have a
1: shot? Uh, so you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. Uh, I'm
0: telling you there's a chance.
1: <laughs> you know, I will I will say this. Actually, I will say this. In, in a condensed setting, in a condensed schedule like what the Spurs and all these other teams are going to play, that does favor youth because your team will be able to get up and down, run and go, and you you won't be as tired like with a lot of teams who have older guys. So they may win a couple that you don't expect them to, but I don't see I don't see them winning enough to get into a playoff and get to the get get to a play in and then get to the playoffs. Um, but I will say this. Some of these teams are kind of playing with house money a little bit if you think about it because they did come out and say that the the lottery odds are still going to be used from when the season ended originally. So no matter what you do now, so even if the Spurs somehow do get into the playoffs, they're still likely to end up with that 11th or 12th pick as if they were a lottery team. Yeah, because they only had 27 wins. There is an advantage to that. I would say, if, if if you can kind of convince your guys, we're playing with house money. We literally have nothing to lose. We don't even we can't even lose draft status. You know, we can't lose spots in the draft. You know, if we can go out and we get to the playoffs and we continue a streak, and then you know we get to kind of shove it in people's faces like, ha! You thought we were going to have a terrible year. You were only semi right. Um, you know, that's that's a win. And frankly, the longer that Greg Coach Greg Popovich has a platform to speak about what's going on in this world is is better, in my opinion. Um, although I think he'll you know he'll be outspoken regardless of if they're playing or not. But uh, you know he's my guy, and um, I do I do think that the younger another reason the younger guys have an advantage is because this is very much an AAU setting. They're they're going to play all their games at uh, on campus at. ESPN or disney's wild world of sports They're playing five to six games a day Not not every team but you know the 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 nba as a whole is going to play five to six games a day You're going to have guys They're you're they're really not going to be allowed to go anywhere else. They're going to be sitting there Watching guys that they're going to end up playing. They're going to have way more scouting time They're gonna have a lot more free time on their hands and hopefully they can learn some things Even if it's not for this season the next season again I, I would love, if I were in that locker room, if I were talking to those guys, I would love to emphasize the fact that this is a huge learning opportunity.
0: That it's a huge learning opportunity, but more importantly, it's also prime time for them to get some much needed experience, especially the younger players, if they're going to be called upon to kind of carry the load in the absence of one LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, I think that's great, you know, and, and the it's sad that LaMarcus isn't going to finish the season out, But you look for the silver lining and you're like, well, at least, you know, we get to see some of the younger guys being able to, you know, get some minutes out there. And again, experience is instrumental to their growth. So that can only help them come next season. But Jonas, I already know what you're going to say. You're going to say, oh, the Spurs, they got a good chance of getting into the playoffs. But before we go to you, I'm going to give you my take. And realistically, what I really think is that the Spurs... And, and this isn't me hating on them whatsoever. I'm trying to be realistic. I think that the Spurs at this point, they have a really good shot of finishing 5-3. and three. Uh, I think that's a really good expectation. Uh, if they can get it done, given you know that they can play at a, at a high level with some of the, young, the youth uh, in the lineup, uh, I think that gives them a better chance of winning some of these games. But at the end of the day, if they go 5-3, I still don't think it's going to be enough to get into the playoffs. But I'm going to support the team, and I'm going to be ecstatic just to be able to watch Spurs basketball once again and NBA basketball once again. So to me, it's always a win-win. You know, if my team makes it in, it's a plus. If they don't, I'm still going to support them, and I'm going to continue to watch NBA basketball. Jonas, let us know. What do you think? The Spurs got a shot or no?
3: Well, you know, I'm a believer that as long as it's mathematically possible, then 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 there's always a shot, right? And it, it and I will I will ride that train until mathematically impossible is gone. Um, but I mean, let's step back and be realistic here. Uh, w- at what point, really, in the last twenty years, could you maybe look at? The coaching situation as being the weakest part on this roster moving forward uh, for the rest of the season, and, and that's just because what is what is Pop's approach going to be if Pop is even the one down on this on the sideline coaching this team? Um, if, if we're gonna if we're, if we want to rely on the youth and if we want to take that AAU approach, um, that March Madness approach. Uh, and say that the that the young guys can run with this, and anything can happen, and, and you just never know. You know, enough of these young kids are playing for opportunity more than anything, uh, because of the veteran questions that are going to be asked this off season. Because of the contract situations that we've gone into earlier on, that some of these guys are facing, th- this is their time to really show other teams. Because you know, to Ben's point about how how these players will be sitting down and watching these games, other coaches will be down there scouting. And they're going to be making decisions, and it's going to be all in one environment, almost like a combine situation. So, yeah, what if Quinn Derry-Weatherspoon gets run, what reason does he have not to go out and ball out, right? Because he's playing for a contract, Drew Eubanks. With Lamarcus Aldridge out, what reason does he not have to go out and ball out?
0: Maybe he gets because, outshined by Shazemi Metu.
3: Well, Chimezi too, right? He's got a situation and where where if it's not this year, maybe it's next year. Potentially, when he reach, when if if they pick up his his option for this year, and he and and he enters free agency next year, he's still going to hit that open market. So they're playing for their future. This is an opportunity for them to bet on themselves. And, I mean, the coaching might be the ultimate decision. If we see Marco Bellinelli play at all, that's already a bad coaching decision right there because you have enough youth on this roster. Uh, another one right here, guys, Bryn Forbes. What is the stop spot? You guys know my love for Bryn Forbes, but his contract is up after this season. So what reason is there for him to not go out and drop eight three-pointers every night and, and just find his fire. Everybody get behind it for one mission. There is, a mathematically, there's a chance. I, what are the chances of this? Like I said, Coach Popovich, I don't think he's going to run full youth. I know San Antonio wants to see it. I know that especially with LaMarcus out, it definitely, you know, decreases our, our percentages. Like, again, look at the math. It's Our chances are going down with him out. Um, but it's it's up to him as to how he wants to approach this. And if he really taps that fountain of youth, uh, Keldon has been known to go off for 29-plus at the G League level. Granted, G League talent. So don't – I'm not saying that automatically translates to the NBA. Quinn Derry, again, another 30-plus guy at the G League level. Um, Sparty has had 25-plus nights. Lonnie has had 29-point nights. We saw him do it against Houston. So the youth can do it can they get the fire behind them can the coaches let them run that's going to be the biggest hurdle in this in this playoff scenario and if if they can do it man i'm all for it when was the last time and it will well now and i'm going to say it's not going to answer it right now it's never never and never again will we see a team potentially with their own pick being at number 12 and you bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy. How like like how wild? And I want to bring while I while I'm riding this high of feeling good, guys. We're in the calendar year still right now. We're still in a calendar year of a lot of feel-good sports stories, right? You go back to last year's Stanley Cup final. You had the St. Louis Blues go from worst to first and do it from from the month of January last year. And walk home with the stanley cup you had the washington nationals qualify for the wild card within the last week of major league baseball season take that wild card spot win their wild card game go on to win two game sevens and the world series trophy last year who's to say that we can't tap into a little bit of that magic with some with a youthful roster and be the first and only franchise to have the number 12 overall pick beat with their pick in the NBA draft and win a championship. Is it going to happen? No, it's not. No, it's not. Right? But how awesome would it be? Sports is about good stories. It's about the underdog. It's about having a chance to fight every day. And as long as there's mathematically a chance to remain within that fight, I'm going to pull for the guys to do it. But, uh, as odd as it is to say, coaching is the biggest hurdle moving forward for this Spurs season.
0: And speaking of coaching, and we're going to talk with Ben, because I know Ben's a big Star Wars nut, and so is Wesley, just like I am, and just like Jonas is. Um, they're talking about some scenarios here, and, and one of them, there's a rumor out there stating that, and I saw it you know, on, Spur- on Twitter and you know all across the NBA uh, social media handles. They were saying that some of the coaches, given their age, maybe it's not, you know, conducive to them going to to the combine over there, you know, and the ESPN wide world of sports and coaching said teams because they're at a higher risk to catch the dreaded coronavirus. Um, One of those being Coach Pop. And we're like, well, this is the house of the mouse. ESPN is a subsidiary of Walt Disney, you know, and. What if they just hologram Coach Pop on the sidelines, a.k.a. kind of like they do with Star Wars, you know? So, I mean, what do you think, Ben, if they don't allow them over there because of health reasons?
1: What if we hologram the coaches in there? If, if you have the technology to hologram Coach Popovich live in the stadium from a remote location, then, frankly, we have been using holograms all wrong. And that should be a bigger concern than having a hologrammed Coach Popovich for a game. But if they can hologram Coach Popovich for a game, which would be amazing, um, I think it would be pretty awesome. And I also think ESPN would have a lot of bragging rights for that uh, if, if they can pull that off on live TV. But I also think you may have issues with camera trickeration going on because, you know, when you you talk about holograms, you know, that's CGI, special effects, post-production kind of stuff. That's not something that's done as as live TV is happening. So I don't know if that's even possible. It sounds fantastic. It is possible. I've seen it happen
0: a couple of times where they've had live performances and some of the sets were actually – were the performers – or you know, they were holograms. So like, what
1: they have? What a VR headset on? And no, they no, can no. See everything. It, it's
0: a film. It's an actual film that they put in the background, right? So they'll darken the set. If it's a theater, they'll darken the stage. They put the film at at forty five degree angle. You can bring live dancers on the stage, and you can even have like a a, a chair sit you know in the middle of the of the whole stage there, sitting sitting higher up they did it with michael jackson i believe when they did a tribute to him and they had dancers come out and then it looked like michael was actually dancing he even sat on the
1: throne and this was in life so that's my question because michael jackson was deceased yes so how do they get the footage is it previously used footage of michael jackson or is it someone else who is Creating his movements from a
2: remote location. Hey, let me add something, guys. Because you're, I think we're not thinking about this, Jonas. You, you you think this too? I know, right? This solves everything. We're we're discussing how the Spurs could absolutely make the playoffs. Okay, <laughs> you just put a hologram of Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Sean Elliott, Bruce Bowen, all of this, oh, all this the guys the in the rails. rafters <laughs> that are that are the Jedi masters of the Spurs, Gervin. That's all you need. Put them out there and for these eight games hologram spurs take the title jonas there you go there's your title love it there you
0: go <laughs> there's the hologram coach pop jonas just put it up on screen uh for us right now uh, y'all can't see it because this is audio only but there and and just that's what we're talking that's, about the hologram that's beautiful it's beautiful hologram coach pop on the bench but i i don't think that would actually happen though i think the better thing to do at this juncture is why don't they ask every coach you know who's of a certain age and see if they're comfortable and if they're healthy enough uh why don't they just leave it up to them to go ahead and say hey I want to go ahead and coach my team or no I I just don't feel safe doing so I think it should be left up to them more so than it should be left up uh to the league you know but again this is just some rumors circling around uh just different scenarios I think just Adam Silver maybe just talking talking or thinking out loud uh so to speak but What's your take on this, Jonas? Because we already heard Wesley's.
3: I mean, if if it was possible, sure. We're talking about sci-fi. We haven't been able to see real-life holograms yet. Um, I feel like we would have seen, especially during this time, of everybody working remotely. Bezos would have leaked him hologramming with somebody else. If if this technology exists, because well, he would be one of those people to afford it. Um, I, I mean, what do, I mean, to take the hologram side away from it? What does it potentially look like, right? I'm with you, Joe. That this is this is a coach's decision. This is not an NBA decision um, because of the impact that it does have on on other franchises. Um, there's only three with uh, three franchises in the NBA uh, that are in this playoff format picture um, that have coaches 65-plus. You have Dan Tony over in Houston. You have Gentry up in New Orleans. And, of course, you have Coach Popovich here in San Antonio. Uh, that, that makes a major difference. And, and while we might be sitting here saying, oh, well, let's just go to Timmy. Let's just go to Becky. Uh, I don't know what the, the, the assistant coaching situation is like in New Orleans or in Houston but I can't imagine them being overly thrilled about having to rely on an assistant coach situation. Um, And there's some people that say, well, use a headset from the press box and and everything like that. But there's elements to coaching, just like there are, there is, you know, you can tell from being in a, in a locker room or being on the bench with guys or in a dugout with guys. And, and there's things that you pick up that are nonverbal cues, um, that you just overheard that might not have been meant for you within a conversation, but could impact a coach's decision, whether he's going to put somebody in or not. I think that it's really difficult to coach a game of basketball from a press box. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense. Go if if if, and this is the big if because the NBA has not said, come out and said, you know, um, a, a Rick Carlisle, who's uh, on the, uh, I think it's someone like of the Players Association board. He, he even came out and said that, you know, yeah, Adam Silver was talking kind of out of turn and um, in, in, in open thinking about this. Um, but it, if there's a situation where the NBA decides or even the Spurs and Coach Popovich decides that no coach, uh, Coach Pop will not be on the sideline for this series. Uh, the, the organization needs to do the right thing and come out and name the successor. Um, for the rest of the season, there was a lot of organizational talk uh, last fall, uh, late last fall, when Pop got ev- ejected during a game, and then you had what what looked like a brain trust, right, uh, of the three assistant coaches, uh, Hardy and, and Becky and Timmy, you know, coming together and and coaching the rest of the game, and even in all reports afterwards, there was nobody, you know, no no source came out and said. And Becky filled in a a coach or and Tim filled out filled in a coach for their debuts. Um, I think that it needs to be said this time. It can't just be a coaching by committee. Really get behind it. Give the team direction. Give the fans direction. Um, It's not saying goodbye to Popovich yet. You know, obviously that's up to him um, at this point uh, in, in time. But we're going to need an actual decision on this if. And and it's a big if, if Coach Popovich is not on that sideline by his own decision, the organization's decision, or by a decision of the NBA.
0: Yeah, I say Coach Pop is going to probably come back. I think he's going to coach another season uh, before he he decides to even consider hanging it up. Because, I mean, let's face it, if he would have left at the end of this season and we start, you know, we transition into next season where the Spurs are going to be in dire straits as – trying to fill that position with another head coach. So I, I think he comes back for another season for one, but two. Hey you know, Joe. Yeah.
2: Can I, can I add this just real quick? Cause I know sure. we're talking about the coaches and I just want to mention this too. Um, as serious minded as as they have to be with, with coaches of age that have uh, you know, the opportunity that this could be devastating for them. We also have to remember about the players that have autoimmune, you know, sicknesses that are out there in the NBA too. And that's, you know I know we're talking specifically about the coaches right now but you know the the players who who have these illnesses or, or are diabetic or asthmatic or whatever the case may be I mean you know yeah. there there's significant risk here all around I know that the you know we talk about the the elderly having a higher you know probability of of facing you know more se- severe symptomatic things as they as they uh, you know possibly get this you know horrible sickness but uh, I just you know I wanted to make sure we also gave that it's just due because there the NBA really hasn't come out and said you know what what's, what's going to happen I know there are certain players that are saying no matter what hey I'm not I- I'm not going to go I'm not going to play and you know I think that's the right move for each and every franchise and each player to look within themselves and say what's what's right for them but uh, you know I do think that's just to kind of mirror a little bit what what Jonas is talking about. Uh, I hope that the Spurs, if they if Pop is not going to be there uh, in in person, or if he's going to be up above and somebody else is going to be left to to do this, that you know they they just say, hey, this is the Spurs led by by Becky or led by Tim, and um, and that we go ahead and get some clarity on that because I, I think it's important for the players to be able to start you know like we're talking about here to be able to start rallying around that and. Um, I also hope that maybe people will come out and I hope that everybody's very supportive that the players that are facing these uh, more at risk situations will come out soon and also uh, let people know that, you yeah. know, it's OK. I mean, it's all right if they have to miss.
3: If I may here, um, just to piggyback off that, Wesley, one one thing to consider. Right. We just got the news today about the Marcus Aldridge. You talk about people. Our uh, players with, with these immune diseases, but think about their immediate loved ones and then it's not it's not a far um, fetched idea to consider if again if If the Marta Rosen thinks that the, the team's chances are not there um, to, to really succeed in this playoff kind of format. Uh, his mother has lupus Right, and that's a uh, that's a situation that he's very in tune to he does a lot of nonprofit work um uh, with the lupus society up in canada um that was something that was near and dear to his heart so if he's going to spend time you know this is things about being around loved ones past the game of basketball uh, what does that look like it's not too far to again and this is i can't i can't speak for demar Derozan, but for somebody who bringing that kind of stuff home bringing potentially picking up and becoming a carrier for, for this uh, coronavirus, for COVID-19, and maybe end up infecting his mom. Like that's These are things that you're right, you really have to consider. We're talking here about coaches, and, and think about the, the, the six degrees of separation from one person to any other person, and how that impacts their network. Um, it's especially something immediate, like your mother. So um, I, it wouldn't be too far-pressed to say that if DeMar not doesn't, doesn't like our chances, we could get another statement coming out um, to where he too says, or, or or where he just says, you know, um, I love the Spurs, honor playing with them this year. You know, this is not a decision on my future moving forward, but based on things with that I have to do with with my personal family and in my personal situation, I'm uh, removing myself from competition. Mm-hmm. It. I think I mean just something to think. It could
0: happen. So, in movies, just
3: like a Spurs title, it could happen.
0: But not this year, Jonas. It could happen, but just not hey, this year.
3: Mathematically, guys, there's a chance. If, go,
0: happen, if you go, if you go in ma- bed right now, the the odds are in Vegas. They're taking was it a three to one odds, something like something crazy for the Spurs to actually win the championship.
1: Three to the one championship. So, it's got to be better to it's not gotta three. Be I'm sorry, 300 three
0: hundred to one. one. Let yeah, me get that, that right. sounds right. <laughs> Let me get that, that right. right. 300 like, three hundred to one. one. Three hundred to one. So you could go ahead and put up, up or shut a up, Kauai Jonas. Kauai <laughs> back out of this. Like, <laughs> what are
1: those odds for ads?
0: <laughs> yeah, three hundred to one. So you can go make your bets right now, Jonas. You believe in them yeah. that much? Going better. I don't know. A hundred, hundred, a little hundo on the Spurs to win it all. All
2: There's- proceeds to the Two Shots Podcast. Okay. <laughs>
3: That's there's, right. there's too many X factors, right? To really, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that bet, right? We've gone over it all.
1: Y um, and Z factors, if we want to talk about it, that.
3: Exactly. You know, <laughs> you give, give it all twenty-six letters of the alphabet. There's, um, it, 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 there's a lot of impacts here. Um, and it all starts off today with Lamarcus Aldridge.
0: Yeah, um, we're going to go ahead and start bringing this show to a close already. But before we do, I got to pick your brain, Ben. If this is not I... affecting the Spurs as far as their draft standings, and they're projected yes. to come maybe around 10, 11, maybe could even slip down, maybe go as you know far down as 12 or 13, there's anything Don't Put possible.
1: that evil on me, Ricky Bobby.
0: <laughs> I'm not trying to, but we know the draft class is not what it is what it is in prior years. This is kind of a weaker draft class, but there's some some decent players out there. What do you it's think? Great, as, Joe. What do you what are you thinking as far as uh what the Spurs could do or should do in their in their pick?
1: There's there's been talk about trades about maybe trading the pick back. Move up? But or even moving up, but I'm not sure moving up to the Top to a top five pick is worth it in this draft if you're going to have to get rid of a lot of assets. If you're going to have to get rid of, I mean, you can try and shed OB, OB. salary. Ob. I mean, I love Obi Toppin. I, Wesley and I have had this conversation. I love Obi Toppin, and I like Onyeko Kongu as an option as well. And I think Jonas and I got into that a little bit too on uh, one of the previous one of the previous podcasts. But um, I, I think really, I think you you take you you look at what's available to you at 10 11 or 12 whichever one you end up with if you're the Spurs and i say you you take a guy that fits a need that you have or a need you will have in 2 years and if you are not going to make the playoffs this year and a streak is going to come to an end you i think it's i think it's kind of worth it to say next year you know don't outright tank but you know maybe maybe you don't play as well as you maybe could maybe you don't rotations are weird. Again, you, you play LaMarcus Aldridge too many minutes and that costs you games
0: or Bryn Forbes and too many minutes. Or
1: Well, if they bring Bryn, or Forbes Marco back at all. if they bring Marco back at all, that's, that's a lot the other, there's a lot of other factors this summer. So True. I think, you know, the, the Spurs could realistically, depending on who they bring up or keep in the G league, they may only have one shooting guard on their roster by the time, 20 the the next season comes around they DeMar DeRozan may be gone he may opt out I I don't think he will now that salary caps are all screwy I think he'll take his money and stick around another year so that that really leaves the summer of 21 as a time when the Spurs should be going after free agents and so I think you you kind of have to plan around that you gave DeJounte Murray I thought was a very fair deal and a very team friendly deal really I think it was it was sixty four over four, so you know you're averaging sixteen mil a year. I think that's very that's very friendly to the team, and I think he gave him kind of a discount because he did have that he had the ACL tear. So he said, "I get it, it's fine." He's got his deal with New Balance, so it's you know his his NBA contract is not the only place he's earning money, and I think that if they can go out, they can get some wings. They get more guys who are your now prototypical wing and big man players who would step out and space the floor for you, they they start looking like a team of the future, and it's going to come down to who they can sign in that ridiculous 21 class.
0: Okay. Because, you know, a lot of people been, have been have had questions regarding what prospects would fit well yeah. with the Spurs. So scenarios. If,
1: if you're asking for a couple of names, I would say guys who have – who have, a, who have a legitimate chance of falling to those three picks, 10, 11, 12. Isaac Okoro is one. Danny Avdija, possibly, I think he's going to end up going higher, but he's that's a name I've seen. That's the kid out of
0: Israel, correct?
1: Yes, yeah. he's the kid out of Israel, yes. He's a wing. Uh, Devin Vassell out of FSU. Patrick Williams out of FSU as well. Um, uh, Sadiq Bey has been a name that's been circling that I've seen, and um, I, I would say those are kind of your – your prospects were most likely to end up in that range for the Spurs.
0: I think so. I think that's realistic. I know a lot of Spurs fans are particular on Denji. They like him, um, but he played in Israel. He played over there, and they the Spurs did have some pros, a, a prospect that went out there and took a look at the kid. And when they saw him in this particular game, he actually performed quite well. You know, so he he has it's, the potential to be a, a decent player. I think in the NBA. Yeah.
1: It's it's hard. Really, it's hard. Like when you're when you're scouting a guy and it's not the Euro League. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, your top tier non NBA leagues. It's hard to say how good or not good someone is because the competition isn't really what you're used to watching. You know, as, a, as an NBA scout, they always bring you back and they make sure that you go to several NBA games throughout the year. So you can say so you can see, hey, this is what NBA talent looks like you know, these are the things we are looking for. They have to be able to do these things at this level so that when you go back out and you go over to Europe or you go over to Asia or wherever you're going to scout, you can say, okay, I'm looking for these traits. They need to be at, you know, this level. And that way I know, okay, this is a guy I I should or need to continue to keep scouting.
0: Yeah, I I, kind of like... I don't know, man. I just like that kid, Denji. I think he has a lot of potential. But as you stated, some of the other prospects you mentioned, they also fit the bill quite nicely. You know, I think one of the major needs that the Spurs need to fill is going to be a 3 and D player. You know, I'd like to see them draft a a decent 3 and D player. You know, somebody who could be developed through the G League, Summer League, and eventually come out on the team and and actually help. You know, 3 and D players, they don't have to be your superstars. But if they can go ahead and be great perimeter defenders and knock down a three every now and again, hey, I'd I'd be happy with that because let's face it, Ben, in the current situation that we're in with San Antonio Spurs, we haven't had a wing defender, (laughs) you know, and we've seen what happens. Uh, The opposing team lights us up from beyond the arc. So that's a a lot of matadors. Yes. And, you know, that that's a position that is sorely missed right now. Somebody at the wing. Uh, and another person who we're kind of missing it, you know, I don't want to get on that subject and get off track here. Uh, Davas Bertons, you know? Uh, we basically let him go for nothing. Uh, and the and the kid actually was playing decent, you know, over there. Uh, so
3: but to that point, he's about two one and a half to two years away. but I think that that's kind of kind of one of the hopes for for one Luka Shimanich, right? Um, is is that hope that he can develop his three point shooting? uh He was thirty percent this last year in the G League, so not quite where you want. But think that this really look at this first year, guys, for Luca. You know, and this is going to come up again just in conversations as, as where as the the roster is thin in the post, and and there's going to be you know again the questions: Why isn't Luca playing? And the first this whole first year was really adapting him to this kind of game. Uh, it's not Euro League isn't entirely different. We've seen you know Luka Doncic can come over and, and tear up the league and, and, and you know make a contest for MVP in his second year after a Rookie of the Year performance. But um, you know Shamanic is another thing. At six foot eleven, really kind of long athletic player runs the floor really well. And his his stroke from three does not look awkward. It's just a matter of of consistency. Which uh, go back to any conversation we've had on this podcast all year, um, at least the ones I've been on. And the whole the whole thing is consistency. It was an inconsistent season, up and down for the entire franchise. Um, so if he can get that percentage up, but I think that that's who they're really looking for. I mean, we can we can mourn Davis Bertans. I'm gonna remind y'all again. He disappeared down the stretch in 2019. Uh, his defense was lacking, so it's not like Same he was a real defense. Could be said of
0: Bryn Forbes, mm-hmm. and that,
3: that's fine. But I didn't bring Bryn Forbes up as a defense. You brought up the lot being laser, so um, his, his defense is still lacking, and what well, was still lacking, and, and I believe is still lacking. So the the organization has done their point to improve to to get another and improved version of davis bertans also don't forget davis has been here since what 2011 so he wasn't no spring chicken when he came over um and, and luca already looks like he's developing pretty well just he's about a year year and a half away yet um he
0: just needs to eat some ribs or tortillas man or something
1: man
3: he's well, there's that but naturally there's that, but, you know, his mind was on so much more this last year. So I can I can almost give some of his stats a bye. Um, if he does get called up at all, look for him to, you know, or, or expect him to look out of place. Expect him to look confused at times or lost. But don't, don't lose patience with him because as a guy who spent this last year focusing on watching his development – He's starting to show what you want to see. Just be patient with him. I beg Spurs Twitter, don't get ready to flip him for an empty promise, um for another player. You know, we've got that coming. We've got it coming. So while we might mourn the loss of Davis Bertans to the Wizards, we've reloaded and he's in the he's in the wing.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens come this Next coming season we're going to have to wait and see how all these younger uh, players develop. But I got I got hope for them, you know. One of the ones that looks already game ready to me is Keldon. I'm a Keldon fan. Keldon Johnson.
3: Oh yeah, but I mean and 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 he's going to get compared a lot to Luka Shamanic anyway because they were both taken in the first round of the same draft and Keldon was in fact taken after Luka Shamanic. But don't forget too Keldon went to a school, you know, you might have heard of it. It's called Kentucky, right? He was a blue chip player going to a blue chip school here in the States. He knew this game. This is what he's been groomed for his, you know, over the steps in his life. Luka Szymonic really picked up his game at 14, 15, 16 in Europe, and the kid's only 19 years old now. He didn't have the same experience. He hasn't been around the same style of basketball. Be patient with him. Keldon supposed Keldon is supposed to look this ready based on the school that he went to, where he was drafted. Don't forget two guys, Keldon uh, and Ben, and back me up here, man. But Keldon was projected at, at, at he, with, with a top 10 talent coming out of high school. He was for, for almost a first round talent. Um, and he said that, that he, he flashed NBA
1: potential already then.
0: Yeah, some say that he was one of the steals of the draft.
1: Yes, at at twenty nine, he was a guy I had going at the nineteen pick that the Spurs had. I thought he was going to go earlier, but he they got him with the twenty ninth pick. So I'd agree that was that was
2: a steal for them. Yeah. So. Well, let's not an act like that's never happened before because the Spurs have been known to to make the twenty ninth and twenty eighth picks be like they money. make them look I mean, sexy.
0: Uh, we got money, they really we got do. Tony, <laughs> I mean Tony, and
2: you know Tony, and obviously uh, Dejounte, and you know now Keldon. I mean. That pick has been money for them. That's like the NBA ready pick for the Spurs.
1: And so Keldon Johnson was for what it's worth, he was the number seventh ranked recruit in his recruiting class.
0: Nice. So no wonder the kid looks already NBA ready or game ready. You know, I'd like to see him get a little bit more run, especially in this eight game stretch. I just want to see him get some time out there, get some experience. And, you know, if the season does come for an end to an end for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, At least they'll have some momentum going into next season. You know?
3: Two months later in December, right?
0: Exactly. It's going to be a short turnaround. And they haven't, we haven't really I guess said uh, set it in stone as far as when the preseason is going to get started. And if it gets started, I suspect that most teams are only going to play somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe two to three preseason games. I mean, it could be shortened. Uh, I know that the training camp and all that is probably going to be shortened as well. And I think they said the projected date for the return of the NBA uh, was going to be somewhere in, was it December or is it going to be in the beginning of, or at the end of November?
1: The first, the first game of the season, they were, the NBA proposed December 1st, but the NBPA already came out and said, that is not happening. We're going to end up working on this, and it's going to be later. What I'm hoping they do is they push it for Christmas Day, open oh, Christmas nice. Day, and you do what you did in the 11 and 12 season. You you start Christmas, you play 66 games in the regular season, and then the next season is when you get back to their full 82.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds a little bit better because it gives the tip, the players – uh, more time to to prepare, as long as well as the coaches and everybody else to get their schemes together for the for the upcoming season, because it's going to be a quick turnaround.
2: Hey, Joe, uh, Ben, and, and Jonas, have a quick question. I know we're running long, but um, what I've been wondering, especially, is since the lottery and since the the, the players are waiting that are coming out of college. Um, you know for to see what what's going to happen with the draft. I know we know the draft itself is going to happen in October. Is that going to hurt players that are out there who didn't hire agents to try to try to test and see if they'd land in the first round because the schools that they're going back to to my understanding probably won't be holding scholarships available for them. So what is this going to do from the aspect of those players in this draft that were holding on to see if they might get that first round money um, or not.
0: I think Ben's better adept to answer that question.
1: Um, it's tough. I'm. I'd have to look it up how they do it because if, again, if you if you don't hire so actually if you don't hire an agent or if you hire an NBA certified agent. You can enter the NBA draft process, and you can withdraw by the deadline and go back to school. Now, I I, I don't think the school is allowed to give away your scholarship unless um, unless you are somehow no longer ineligible or you've decided you're going to transfer. And and actually, I I have a It happens to work out this way. I have an example of that. So Florida, they have two guys who declared for the NBA draft. They have Andrew Nembard and they have Trey Mann who declared for the NBA draft. Andrew Nembard already withdrew, and he's going to transfer because Florida took on another transfer from Michigan, Colin Castleton. And so that actually – so if if Nembard had stayed, they would have been at 14 – players scholarship players quote unquote but you only get 13 scholarships so someone would have lost out on a scholarship and nembard nembard transferred probably for a number of reasons didn't say exactly what but i think that was one of them they were going to be out of a a scholarship and i don't know if it was his i don't i'm not entirely sure how that process works because what a, a lot of times coaches will kind of leave the spot open just in case um but uh, this this is going to become another issue if we ever get away from one and done and we go to certain rules you're going to see a lot of people you're going to see a lot of kids go declare for the nba draft come back and coaches are going to have to figure out who they should be recruiting and they might they might get hamstrung for time because guys come back late from that nba withdrawal deadline that gets moved back so i i i'm not entirely sure but it it, it's going to be a bit of an ugly process when it starts happening.
0: Yeah, you know... Well, I
3: can tell you guys, too, you know, to that point, the G League will always take those players. Um, you know, it's an avenue that's becoming a little bit more popular um, this year, uh, as you can see all the prospects internationally. Um, and... and <laughs> <laughs> and here within the United States that are um, starting to kind of look that way. Um, recently did a piece um, for Project Spurs um, after the hiring of Brian Shaw, a former Lakers uh, assistant. Um, I believe he was a coach up in Denver uh, for a minute, or maybe it was Utah. I did the story about a week and a half. You can go check out Project Spurs. Um, but, it's always out there, right? This is an opportunity to go ahead and get paid. I know that the NCAA is starting to re- to reverse their decisions on on uh, profiting off your likeness uh, at the collegiate level, but go ahead and get guarantees, uh, have that opportunity guaranteed open to you in the G League, uh, get a salary, get coached by a, a coach who has coached at the NBA level, and. I mean, why not? Right. So, Wesley, to that point, yes, they might, maybe they might miss out on scholarship opportunities um, if they want to return back to their university. Uh, It's very mucky waters, but the G League has already called their season. So, it will be interesting to see how the NBA balances that, maybe as to the start time and if they're going to offset it because you do have a lot of two way players. And even like Keldon and 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 Luca and Chemezi guys who are actual contract players that spend a lot of time in the G League, what options are afforded to them, um, and when is the G League going to start? Uh, that could, you know, be a potential uh, avenue for those guys. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. Don't forget the G League is becoming a sexier option, a sexier option
0: uh, in today's basketball landscape. All right, so we're going to go ahead and start bringing this thing to an end here. So as we do, we're going to go around the horn and let you guys plug the, plug each other, and that way everybody knows where to follow you on social media. We'll start with you, Ben.
1: Where can they follow you and all the great things you do over at Project Spurs? Like Joe said, you can follow me at Project Spurs. I'm on Twitter at the Boomstein. I'm here for all of your hot takes, whether it be college basketball, NBA, Spurs, you name it. I enjoy a good hot take, even if it's terrible. Um, so yeah, hit me up there, please. I am bored out of my mind. I would love your hate, your opinions, your questions, you name it,
0: so there you go, make sure you go and follow Ben and Wesley, where can they follow you and all the things you do, and not only for you know two shots, but also you're you're a guest you've been a guest on the locked on Spurs podcast with our good friend Jeff Garcia. yeah, you
2: can find me at Bob the Bill- Oh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding yeah. <laughs> i. At Wesley Perk, um, love talking sports, uh, Spurs. Um, Will Dak sign, whole another thing. But, um, you know, lots of stuff actually going on right now to, to keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, go Spurs, go. Let's go 8-0. And, Jonas, let's shock the world and win a title. And, Jonas, yes!
0: where can they follow you and all the great things you do, well, not only for Project Spurs, but for also two shots? And you, you also like to talk. Sports and just about anything else in between and even regards to pop culture So if you want to talk to Jonas about some Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, he might be your guy to go to
3: Yeah, man, I will get down and nerdy with you um, For sure at Jark Clonus on Twitter um, Bring me your Bryn Forbes hate Bring me your attacks uh, on Jakob Purtle. Bring me all your reasons why Luka Shamanic needs to be uh in San Antonio right now. Cause I will um I'll take it, man. We'll go back and forth uh all day, every day. NFL season's picking up, so really excited to get that back and going. Um my Cleveland Browns. Y'all know I love a good underdog story my Cleveland Browns looking like we'll take it home this year, just like the Spurs. What a year it will be. Uh <laughs> And, uh, yeah, at Jarconis on Twitter. You can check me out uh, on the Project Spurs network, ProjectSpurs.com. Just search uh, Spurs on 6th. Or or type my name, Jonas Clark, in the search bar, and you can find all the stuff that I put up there. You know, got a piece out there on uh, Drew Eubanks, uh, one of the unsung heroes of this last uh, Austin Spurs season in Diedrich Lawson will he get a contract next year i hope at least a two-way uh we're talking about all these size issues guys we have guys developing up the road just up 35 um that can really do some things here even one uh, you know I've, we haven't been on here since last dance aired uh Pippin, pippen nephew of one scotty pippen is a spur up in Austin, um, a six foot 11. I want to say, uh, forward center hybrid. Uh, he hasn't gotten a lot of minutes. So if you get a ch- chance to check out a game next season, uh, the Spurs do own his returning player rights. So it might be worth checking out, but, uh, at jar clonis on Twitter, bring it all to me. Uh, even, even your Lord of the Rings talk, man, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, and, and, uh, Jonas Clark, uh, at project Spurs.
0: Yeah, and you can, uh, Get with Jonas. Make sure you go ahead and follow him, and you can also follow me at Two Shots Podcast. It's all spelled out T W O S H O T S Podcast. And I'd be happy to talk, you know, sports or anything in the realm of pop culture with you as well. So that's about all the time we have for today's episode of the Two Shots Podcast. We greatly appreciate all the listener support. So, for as <laughs> we're over here acting silly behind the scenes, I my celebrity crush right now is actually Lily from at&t i was happy to see the return of lily as i'm sure Oh all yeah. yeah lily man <laughs> so anyway for benjamin bornstein and wesley perkins and jonas clark i'm joe garcia and like we always say spread the love stop the hate be kind we're out peace